and welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And uh, we are a movie chat show where we talk about all of the things that are going on around Hollywood and the movie industry, and then we finish off with a bunch of reviews. Uh, today I shall be reviewing uh, the uh, best picture frontrunner, Argo, directed by Ben Affleck. And I'll be going the other end of the scale with reviews of Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Last Stand and Bruce Willis in A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> It's a shame you didn't see Bullet to the Head. No, then, I didn't have time. Then, you, then you'd have the trifecta. <laughs> I thought you might have gone to see that. I wanted to go see it, but I haven't really had a whole lot of time because uh, I've been kind of backed up with a shitload of work because I'm going to be taking a pretty long trip. For those of you who listen to us regularly, all two of you, uh, that would be my wife and your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend doesn't listen that often. Yeah, probably. <laughs> She's usually falling asleep on the couch when it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be our last cast for about a month. Because mm. um, I am taking my honeymoon, heading off to the US of A. Hopefully I'll find a place that isn't going to be struck by some natural disaster. Yeah. There seems to be a whole lot of bad shit happening. <laughs> well, you're not going to get snowed in, in no. California. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's uh, uh, to, to people in Boston. Hope you guys are all right. Over Isn't there. that? I saw that on Twitter. It's actually Snowmageddon. Is that what they're calling it or something? Are they it's, calling the storm uh, something ridiculous? They like got that. a fucking name for it now. Or maybe it was the UK. Someone's having Snowmageddon over the weekend. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, talk about talking shit about other people suffering. You know, it's like. <laughs> So anyway, yes. If, if you, you would like to call us out on calling shit, drawing attention to other people's suffering, you can reach us at podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. That's podcast at mcgeppenfries.com. All right, let's go straight into the news. Yes. So there's, uh, there's a couple of, uh, couple of big couple of big things. There's a couple week. of big things, but I also think, I mean, at this point, we're going to basically just have our Star Wars segment of the week. Yeah, I think this is probably going to go on until 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to really piss people off. Every week. Uh, but as we've reported before in the past, uh, ever since uh, Disney bought over Lucasfilm and announced that there was going to be a new Star Wars film, you see, they, they were kind of holding back. When they first bought Lucasfilm for, was it, $4.5 they held, they held back for at least, what, three days before yeah. they started turning on the money machine. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but at the, at the time, when it was first announced that they had bought Lucasfilm, all they really committed to was announcing that there's going to be a new Star Wars film and that there would be uh, probably a TV show or something like that. They didn't really go into details about exactly what they had in mind. Mm. Um, then they went on and hired J.J. Abrams as the uh, director of the next Star Wars uh, as director of the next Star Wars film. If you'd like to know our comments about that, you can listen we, to last week's cast. We, we covered that in last week's podcast. Uh, now they're saying that uh, in between the Star Wars movies, movies, yeah. there's going to be more than just one. Uh, and J.J. Abrams is only committed to directing one. He's only committed to directing Episode Seven. So there's the episodes, and then there's going to be other movies as well. Yes, which they say are going to be standalone movies that will be. Basically, hold film, on for it, folks. Standalone movies, <laughs> which is ba- spin-off films of other popular Star Wars characters. Starting with, starting with, well, is, so is this confirmed? Is, I, it, the, I think the Yoda one is confirmed. Yes. So starting with Yoda. Yeah. And, and there's also rumors of people, young Han Solo. Yes, and also Boba Fett. Really? I didn't yes. hear the Boba Fett. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Also Boba Fett. Joe Johnson's getting on the phone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson, the director of Rocketeer and uh, Captain America, has he, wanted to do. Fett. He's he's wanted to do a Boba Fett movie for a long time. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe because he does have ties with Disney, and seeing he did do, he directed Captain America for Marvel, and Marvel's now owned by Disney. So who knows? Maybe exactly. Joe Johnson's got a got a little way in. Uh, be interesting. Uh, I would much rather see a Boba Fett film than the other two. Yes, I don't want to see a Yoda I, movie. I don't. Want, I don't give a fuck where Yoda. I don't want to see Yoda as a young man. Yoda if, in if high I, school. If episode. <laughs> You know, it's all about the comedy. The only way, the only way I can accept watching a Yoda, a Yoda spinoff, exactly, is if it's a comedy. Yeah, that's the only. 
I don't want to. I don't want to know. No, exactly. He's like he's 900 years old. Leave it. I don't want to see him when he's 18 and he's got acne. He was cool in Empire. He was cool in Empire and Jedi. Even when we saw a younger Yoda in episodes one, two, and three, I hated him. He's a bit of, but his character was a dickhead. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, okay. The The force makes the fight. The fight scene with Dooku. Just was 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 amusing at best, yeah. entertaining, entertaining. Just because you've never seen this fucker move so much in no. all of the movies. I mean, I told you the reaction in the cinema I saw it in Dublin in Savoy One, where yeah. when he walks out with the cane, drops it, and, whip, and the, the lightsaber zips into his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere over in the far left went, "What the fuck!" <laughs> like at the top of their lungs in the cinema, and the whole place just after that, everyone just laughed away through a, this, the sequence. It's just a fucking joke, you know. And yeah. I've I've uh, never really agreed with Lucas's treatment of the character after in, in the in the in the new films. Yeah, uh, just it's all just, his fault. Yeah, pretty much. If he just you know taught Anakin how not to be a douchebag, it would be fine. Now I'm I'm sure there are some of you people out there that are excited about it, and you know what? I'm not saying that a good Yoda movie cannot be made. Mm. I just it's not so much about whether or not it's a good movie. I just don't want to know yeah that's what what's cool about Yoda and also with Han Solo is that you don't fucking know and also you don't need to fucking know exactly the pivotal points in their lives are episode 4, 5 and 6 exactly again I don't want to see how Han met fucking Chewie yeah I don't no they're just they're mates leave it at that although having said that I wouldn't mind watching a Wookiee movie like a caravan of courage for Wookiees (laughs) (laughs) Disney presents this summer's role about comedy the Wookiee movie but what's the name of the planet where the Wookiees yeah yeah you know like I wouldn't mind seeing a movie like the uh, a, a Chewbacca origin story in taking place in the planet Cash before like he like do it like Wookie roots just about, exactly right because it's all slavery and shit right exactly and, <laughs> and Chewbacca's Kunta Kinte Chewba- <laughs> Chewbacca Unchained are you listening Disney yeah. <laughs> these are the movies right here uh because, because there's no di- there's no actual English dialogue for the whole movie. The it's whole, all just it's, it's all it's like apocalypto. The whole thing is just fucking <laughs> Wookie Wookie barbarians just fucking <laughs> fucking shit up. You know, get Mel Gibson to direct because <laughs> the Wookies are the, probably the one race on Earth that he hasn't fucking pissed off. Because they're not on Earth. <laughs> exactly right. Mel Gibson's actually from the planet Cash. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a shaven Wookie. That would make, make sense. sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Did you see that ass shot in Bird in the Wire? The guy's fucking hairy as shit. Mm. So, yeah. This, this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. I mean, I'm not... Like I said, there are some characters I think it might work for. Like, with Boba Fett, I actually wouldn't mind Boba Fett. Bosk. But as long as we... Bosk. All of the bounty hunters. All of, yeah, just have a bounty hunter show. Just do all of the bounty hunters. IG-88 IG needs a cookery show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's, that, who's that guy who's like... Is a Dengar is the other one. He's got like yeah. a, his toy had like a towel hanging off. That's the head. right. That's right. That's right. I wouldn't mind seeing a Gamorrean guard fucking sitcom. Uh, sitcom. Yeah, it's like The Office but with Gamorreans. <laughs> <laughs> what about Admiral Akbar? I was trying to think of a joke for that for Twitter, but I couldn't come up with one because it's just it's Admiral Akbar. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, it all just breaks down to it's a trap jokes. Yeah, we can't repel remakes of this magnitude. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Robot Chicken have done him to death. They have. They have. They have. Again, Get, let, let Seth let Seth Green direct it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. As, I'm not saying that these movies are going to suck. I'm just saying that you got to really be careful which characters you choose to spin up because if you fuck it up, you you're just you be very really, careful which characters you choose to, to ruin. Yes, exactly right. And you really got to think very carefully about fucking with a character as seminal as Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, Han Solo is only the most 
popular Star Wars character ever. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, not counting villains. And we're talking in terms of the good guys. It doesn't get much bigger than Han Solo. Yoda. They've already kind of fucked Yoda up because yeah. of the prequels. Don't fuck him up. Even Apparently. More. Han Solo was supposed to be in young ten-year-old Han Solo was supposed to be in the cash scenes with Chewie in the prequels. And what happened? Someone said, "Fuck off, George." <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so luckily we dodged the bullet there. But yeah, no, just kid. You don't want to see kid fucking Solo. It's, no, no, you don't. I mean, no, I, you know, nobody wanted to see a fucking kid Boba Fett, but we we got the chance to see that. And I'm doing that character forever be, because of George Lucas. We now know that the, that Boba Fett is Kiwi. It's, it's Kiwi. It's yeah. Kiwi, and that really spoils it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and and the his dude, dad was once a warrior. I know. Not anymore though. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make, if you're gonna do spinoffs, then just please just do the bounty hunters or something. Just do someone no one cares about. Yeah, bounty hunters. Oh, oh but there was some talk about Jabba the Hutt as well. There was there were some rumors about young young Jabba, a young Jabba when he was <laughs> wild and crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with the boys. <laughs> it's like swingers, but in with huts. <laughs> Jesus. Jabba, that's so money. Yeah. <laughs> nah, fuck that. The other, the other big news. Chuta solo. Oh, Salacious Crumb. Do a movie about Salacious Crumb. <laughs> I'd see that. His fall from grace, where he went from like high flying businessman to little guy who sits at uh, Jabba's feet eating, <laughs> eating <his> scraps. <laughs> He was my favorite. He, he, in many ways, he is my favorite character. <laughs> I've always felt a certain kinship with Salacious Crumb. How can you not like a character whose name is Salacious Crumb? I yeah. think I've said that before. Uh, but okay, anyway, so that's it with uh, that's it about some Star Wars news. Now, but also in J.J. Abrams hogging all the toys news. Oh yes, I heard about this. Um, this week's games development game developers conference, and uh, he was up on stage with Gabe Newell doing a talk about storytelling in video gaming. So Gabe Newell is one of the guys who made loads of money off Microsoft. Microsoft formed Valve came up with some of the best games of PCs in general. They have like a Portal and Portal and Portal Two and Half Life and Half Life Two are awesome storytelling, mm-hmm. awesome games. And is uh, Portal awesome. Portal is awesome. It's some, basically someone was trying. Someone explained it to me yesterday, and I just looked at him and go, "Fucking, hey, you people have way too much time on your hands." Yeah. Well, let me get to that. First of all, they're saying that Bad Robot will pro- will try and develop some of Valve's uh, properties in the movies, mm-hmm. and likewise, Valve will try and adapt do some of the games for Bad Robot. So that's pretty interesting. But like Half Life is the things with Valve is that like they do interesting things. Like for for Half Life, the main character is what they call the silent protagonist, but they do it. He doesn't talk. Your main, your character doesn't talk, so it doesn't take you out of the immersion of your playing this character. Mm-hmm. But they write everyone else in an incredibly witty way to make sure that, mm-hmm. like, it, it's like they constantly cut him off as he's about to say something. It, like they make a joke out of it almost. Uh-huh. And in Portal Two, it's a puzzle game. So yeah, you yeah. fire, it's like, you fire two doorways. On, yeah, yeah, you, I've heard about yeah, yeah. the laws of physics and all that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that in that game, there's just this robot testing you, and it's you know got a little bit of funny voice to it. It's a bit of humor to it. You know, it's like if you if you if you pass this test, you will have cake. And then when you get to the end, it's like I'm sorry, there is no cake. Right. But as you go through it, you start noticing scribbles on the walls, and it's right. got a really really well. Um, it builds the story without telling you anything. Right. And there's a point in that game where if you're following what you're... If you do what you're told, you die. And you have to actually think outside the box. And now you're thinking of portals, they call it. And you just actually... You kind of like... It's like, it's like you break the narrative and you find out there's a whole other story going on. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very clever stuff. That will make a fucking terrible movie. But the Half-Life one would be cool. It's where basically Earth's been invaded. 
by alien dimension fuckers and just head crabs which are like little aliens right, right, right. all sorts of weird gross stuff but it would be very cool to see a Half-Life movie okay so yeah J.J. Abrams is just a greedy fuck now yeah he's, he's, he's getting a bit ridiculous totally Okay, now moving on to uh, some of the big Marvel announcements. This is just going to be the Disney show from now on, isn't it? Really, pretty much. They they are just taking over the world. <laughs> uh, the the first the first announcement was they were talking about after after the Avengers. Though the one thing that uh, people were very impressed by with the Avengers is that is pe- most people agree that the Avengers was the first time that they got the Hulk right. Yeah. Uh, although I don't necessarily agree, I really enjoyed uh, Edward Norton's Hulk, mm. uh, and I thought that that was a really good film. Yeah, um, I really, really liked what Mark Ruffalo did with the character as well, but I also really liked what Edward Norton did. Did um, you hear the thing? I think someone pointed out that when one of the scenes when he's sparring with Tony in the lab, yeah. the reflection on the glasses, the Hulk. At one point, did you hear that? Is it? I, I, I didn't notice. Look, that. someone mentioned it, and I have to go back and I haven't gone back through the scenes and looked at it. But apparently, when he's like bristling a little bit the reflection isn't him it's hooked up or something oh right I I, I didn't know that I gotta go check that out again Um, so after the Avengers there was talk about when is there gonna be a new Hulk film Mm -hmm. uh, because it's been pretty much confirmed that Mark Ruffalo signed on for more movies Marvel and Mark Ruffalo get along pretty well signed on for six now yeah Mark Ruffalo and Marvel get along whereas Marvel didn't really get along with Edward Norton Um, but Edward Norton doesn't get along with anyone not many (laughs) is he married? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really gets. I was going to say, what? except his wife, but no, he really gets along with no one. What is that? Is that the definition of someone who can get along with people? If well, I just thought if he, if he was married, maybe there was one person he could get along with, but no. No, no, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Brown doesn't get along with many people either, but he's uh, still. Not in a world. This dumb bitch still goes back to. Oh him. god! Violates her own fucking like court order to go to court with him for a case, another different case. What the fuck? Uh. Man? <laughs> this is not TMZ. We're not talking about Rihanna and Chris Brown on this show. Don't ever mention TMZ. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> focus, Hulk. Focus. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, so for quite a while, there was um, there was a lot of sort of like umming and ahhing about whether or not there was going to be another Hulk film, and people said maybe, maybe not. And then at one point, Marvel even said, "No, we have no immediate plans to do a new Hulk film." Mm. However, now that now that um, Kevin Feige has started talking up Marvel's uh, Phase Three, mm. which will involve Edgar Wright's Ant Man and Doctor Strange, Ant Man's going to kick it off. They said, "Yeah, Ant Man's going to kick it off." Doctor Strange is also in the works. They're also saying that it's now they're now they're saying that uh, the, the new Hulk movie will also probably be part of Phase Three as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Phase Two, they're focusing on Iron Man Three, Captain America Two, Thor Two, and Guardians of the Galaxy and mm. Avengers Two. That's a lot on their slate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's getting a bit exhausted. Yeah. It's like two super team movies? Yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, we have some Guardians of the Galaxy uh, news coming up, but just uh, let me finish off with this Hulk stuff. Yeah. Now, Collider reported that um, that uh, as far as the... Uh, as far as the Hulk movies are concerned, going into Phase Three, uh, that they're going to be focusing on the Planet Hulk arc and World War Hulk. It was actually Latino Review broke this news first. I think, oh, right. They got this. They got this the the the, uh, the scoop. And um, yeah, the, for those of you who don't know, Planet Hulk is essentially where a group of like was it Professor Basi- X, basically the Professor Hulk. X, uh, no, no, Reed Richards. Is, no, but there's four of them. There's the Illuminati. They're called. There's Professor X, Reed, Reed Richards, Richards, Doctor Strange, and Tony. Tony Stark. And Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony yeah. Decide that the Hulk has been just... He's too... He's too fucking dangerous. Yes. He's fucking shit up everywhere. So they decide... They, they take it upon themselves to find a planet 
where he can roam free and fuck shit up and, yeah. and basically live out the rest of his days. On a Hulk reservation. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but that shit gets fucked up. And yeah. la- instead he lands on this fucking world full of gladiators and all sorts of crazy alien shit. That's right. And he just stays as the Hulk the whole time, decimates them. And, and basically becomes king yeah. of the place. It's, uh, it's like Gladiator, but with Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's awesome. It's awesome. I loved it. And I mean, they did the animated version. I have the animated version there. Do you have it? Have you seen I, that? I, I have the animated version. The animated version, uh, they, they, they tweak it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly as it is in the comics. Like mm. in the comics, he does not kick the shit out of Beta Ray Bill. Be, uh, Beta Ray Bill. Mm. Uh, but although I wouldn't mind seeing Hulk oh, beat the shit out of Beta, Beta Ray Bill. Bill. Um, but, and then from Planet Hulk, he basically, after he takes over this planet and becomes ruler of this planet, he um, essentially... uh, takes it upon himself to go back to Earth and fuck up the people who sent him there. Yeah. And that is World War Hulk. And trash New York. Yeah. Completely. And and he fucks them up. He fucks up Thor royally. Yeah. Um, So I would would have no issue seeing that movie. (laughs) I would have no issue seeing that movie. It's so big. I mean, you'd never think they'd ever be able to do something like that. The only only problem with them announcing this, if it is true, Mm. is that that's a massive spoiler for Phase 2. Well, they haven't announced it. It's all been leaks and little things like that. And I think it was... it does feel like it's too big. Yeah. And I mean, this is why people are putting a lot of uh, trust in this because Latino Review were the ones who first, apparently, they first leaked that Thanos was at the end of uh, the Avengers. The Avengers, yeah. So they do seem to have good contacts. Um, I mean, I would think that you wouldn't want to blow your... Because those are two huge arcs. Yeah, and that's a, re- that's a relatively recent arc. I mean, the World War Hulk was only in the last five years, right? Uh, yeah. 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 So, I mean... I would... I mean, I would... There's 60 years worth of comics to get through first. If there, if there is any truth to it, I, I would hope that they don't blow their load with both of those arcs. Maybe just use one. Because mm-hmm. the Planet Hulk arc in itself, that is a... Well, I think was Planet Hulk is the Hulk movie, and then World War Hulk is Avengers 3. Right. I think that's the way they were looking at doing I it. I see, I see, I see. That, and that, it's, that, could, that could work. And I think at the end of Avengers 2, Tony goes into space and meets the Guardians of the Galaxy or something. <laughs> Because that's, the, that's supposed to be the connecting my, my feature. My head's going to explode. <laughs> what is going on? What the is going we, we on? Talk, we talked before Tony about Stark. what happened. Tony with Stark. It's the dude from Chances Are. <laughs> What's the fuck? It's Chaplin. It's, it's back to school. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the guy from fucking... Weird Science. Weird Science. <laughs> it's the bullies from Weird Science. It's, it's the crackhead from Less Than Zero. <laughs> It's, oh god I mean I have wondered for a while what would happen when the lunatics finally grew up and took over the asylum we're just seeing it now on the news every single fucking day I know when you, take, when you, when you look at it like that it's just ridiculous <laughs> so, so so yeah I mean this is if they do it if they do it like that if they pull it uh, Planet Hulk is one of those movies that if pulled off it could be an Oscar contender <laughs> what <laughs> if Gladiator can win best picture Fucking Planet Hulk can be up if, if, because if they do it properly, like in the comics, if they do it the way Peter David did it, mm. it is a, it's a proper. If they treat it like Shakespearean drama. It's a proper story. Yeah. This is not just people. This is not just Hulk. It's not just the 180 p- panels of him beating the shit out of like things. Yeah, there's, there is actually Hulk is a character in this, and he talks and he stays as Hulk the whole time, pretty much the whole time. You know, and, and there's a Hulk romance. Yeah. You know, there's there's. <laughs> I can't even say it without, without just giggling <laughs> but if they do it properly if, if they really do Planet Hulk properly it could be amazing it could be a small masterpiece if they do it properly yeah you know <laughs> just keep Ang Lee the fuck away from yeah <laughs> we don't need Life of Hulk <laughs> ooh ooh 
So anyway, going back to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Chris Pratt has been cast as Star Lord. Star Lord. Uh, who's, he's what? Is he? He's half human, right, or something? Yeah. All the photos of him do not do him any justice. <laughs> if you no, if you want to, if you want to see, I, I, I think it was his performance uh, in. I, and although I haven't seen the film. But I'm guessing it's his performance in Zero Dark Thirty that finally bagged him the role. Mm. Because uh, Chris Chris Pratt, this is a guy who is known primarily... Oh, he was the dickhead boyfriend from Wanted, wasn't yes, he? Yes. Yeah, he was the friend who was cheating on... Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? I can never remember his name. James McAvoy. Yeah. Um, no, Chris Pratt, he's made a reputation... I like Chris Pratt. Mm. He's made a name for himself as a as a as a comedic scene stealer. Mm. Uh, he played um, Jason Siegel's best friend in the Five Year Engagement. He was fucking hilarious in that. I'm um, He's uh, he was um, uh, Anna. His his he's married to Anna Faris in real life. He he played her boyfriend in um, Take uh, Take Me Home Tonight. Mm-hmm. That he was he was really funny in that. He's a, he's a, he's a regular on Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. He's a very funny actor. But he he recently did a surprisingly serious turn in Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. and he got fucking ripped to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he's he's playing a fucking seal, so he's ripped as shit. <coughs> and he tweeted pictures of himself like being really ripped, and it's like fuck. This he does not look like the guy that I. He doesn't look. He like, doesn't look like the chubby guy on that IMDb. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think this could really work, and also it just it's it's continuing that line of Marvel heroes of people who have a sense of humor. Yeah, because. I've seen go, go to Kuni Kanai and look at the Kuni Kanai whatever fuck, bookstore Kuni Kanai go to the bookstore yeah, yeah. and you, I, the Guardians of the Galaxy and all that kind of stuff Marvel has been doing their space stuff for the last couple of years like they had was it Annihil- they had a series of Annihilation stuff yeah. uh, they rebooted Nova or did they, they did some more stuff with Nova Captain Marvel gets rebooted every couple of years and Guardians of the Galaxy was one you'd see there with the fucking raccoon on the cover yeah but I don't know does Star Wars Lord wear a helmet is he the one with the helmet yeah yeah so it never really between himself and Nova because Nova is an alien he's not human right and Star Lord's kind of I just know nothing about the, the characters I'm, I'm, I mean I'm not too I'm not, I'm not really I'm not too knowledgeable about it either that's why Marvel's taking all kinds of risks yeah. by they're doing a huge budget and they're doing another super team film to uh, complement the Avengers. Only no one knows who the fuck the team are. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so, but they look cool. Yeah, they look like I mean, just Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, you just take a look at that. Take a look at that poster of all of them lined up together. It's like fuck. I'd see that movie in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and also, they got James Gunn directing, and James Gunn has directed some very very cool stuff. Mm. So. I mean, I'm really excited about this film, even though I don't know that much about it, but that adds to the excitement. Yeah. It's kind of nice. You're not going in there with too much baggage. Mm. You know what I mean? As opposed to the other Marvel movies where you're going, oh, they better not fuck, they fuck with my favorite character. Yeah. At, least, at least you're not going to go in there with that kind of baggage. And that really gets me excited about it. You know, like you just go in there and watch a fucking cosmic all-out shit fest. <laughs> so that those that's those are the big Marvel announcements. Well, there's one more. I think we didn't. We might have broached on it last week. Touched on it last week. But Paul Giamatti's in talks to be the Rhino in Spider-Man Two. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Marvel, dude. This is Sony. I know, but it's <laughs> Spider-Man. Fuck it. You wouldn't be. I mean, I just can't imagine Paul Giamatti in a fucking grey onesie with a horn on his head. I can imagine pig vomit with a horn. In his head. <laughs> I'm only seeing this movie if if. If Paul Giamatti, Giamatti just channels pig vomit throughout the entire movie, and, he, and when he goes up to fucking Andrew Garfield and just says, "You are the motherfucking Antichrist," <laughs> it's the only way it's going to work for me. No, I mean honestly, I've had it up to here with fucking Spider-Man movies. I'm, I'm, sick, of, I'm, I'm sick of them. We got we got one too many already. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I was pissed off. I was pissed off that they that they rebooted it so early, mm-hmm. and everybody knew it was rebooted just so Sony could keep the rights. Yeah. So it's just, and you know, it was too much like Raimi's film. Mm. I mean, I know it was its own thing, and I, I, I know there are different things about it, but it was essentially the same story, yeah. and I'm over it. Mm. I'm over Spider-Man movies. Yeah, what, what, was the, what, was the, what was the tagline? It was like the, the untold story. The untold story. The Bullshit! The, yeah. <laughs> it's not the untold story. We've seen all of this before. I mean, I know that they fucking you know, like, uh, shoehorned uh, his dad in there somehow. Mm. But as far as I can see, the only reason they shoehorned his father in there is so he has an excuse to look for Kurt Connors. Mm. That's the only, only fucking excuse. And you saw the end of the first one. I mean, there was that intriguing bit at the end with that guy talking to Kurt Connors in his yeah, cell. Yeah, yeah, you get the impression it's the Sinister Six, you know. And then this one, what do we got? We got a black Electro and a fucking fat Rhino, you know. No Rhino thanks. is, uh, okay. I like Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I do. I am a fan. But fuck that. No, 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 no. I don't give a shit what they do to his backstory, what, how much they jive up his fucking costume. I'm not interested in watching Jamie Foxx as Electro. <laughs> Paul Giamatti as... Jamie a- Foxx as Electra, however, would be interesting. That, that would be cool. <laughs> Especially shit. opposite Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> you white, you Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I don't know why I just can't seem to muster up any interest about the Spider-Man franchise now. I'm just like, I've, I've had it up to You've here. had your three. Yeah. How many... <laughs> Movies do we need to see? Yeah. You know, you know, you can only shoot the guy th- swinging through the street, swinging through the city, so many different ways. Yeah. And you've and in watching in watching the Amazing Spider-Man, I, I just felt like you know what, well, this is such familiar territory. It's too it's too soon. Mm. It's too soon. It's not you're not even getting another new generation ready for the character anymore. Yeah. This is it's just I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not saying the movie was bad. I'm just saying it was unnecessary. Yeah, I think we can, you can go back and I think that was the, the gist of your review as well. You were yeah. watching, or was it? You said you were watching on TV the other day. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. And then you were like halfway through, what the fuck? <laughs> Why am I watching this? Exactly. Oh, no, it's when you, when you reviewed The Amazing Spider Man, you went, went home and Raimi Spider Man was on TV. And I was like, what the fuck? It's the same fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The, the, the main thing that hit me watching Raimi's one is how much effects, the, how dated the effects look already. Already, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The swinging, the swinging through the city stuff—that's fine. It's the climbing up the wall stuff that looks really dated. Because mm. um, I mean, one thing—the nice thing that the Amazing Spider-Man did was that the, uh, some of the swinging—they did a lot of the swinging live, which is impressive. It was an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Which is just a, another way of saying that that's hey, <coughs> look, that's so not Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> How can you tell? Because he's not mumbling. <laughs> no, I mean the whole—the the main thing that the Amazing Spider-Man had going for it was the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and. And uh, what's her name? Emma Stone. And that's because they because, were boning. Because they were only fucking in real life. Yeah. They were, you know, they, they, the whole time they're talking to each other on screen, they're just like, hurry up and finish your line so we can go fuck. Yeah. You know? Let's go back to my trailer. I'll be in my bunk. Um, last weekend saw the Super Bowl, so I'll link up to a couple of the trailers. We'll just run through them quickly. Um, first up was the Star Trek in the Darkness trailer. You didn't see this? I didn't see this because I feel I've already seen enough of what I want to see. Mm. Now I just want to watch the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a 30 seconds. It's only 30 seconds. It pretty much is the Enterprise getting trashed. Yeah. Um, but there is, you know, just again, Benedict Cumberbatch being awesome. There's just a moment in the trailer where he's talking with Chris Pine. And it's like, I think it's something you think, you're, it's the kind of thing, you know, you think your world's safe and all that kind of stuff that happened in the previous trailers. But now it, it's just him saying, I'm better. And Kirk says, at what? He says, everything. <laughs> so it's still playing up whether, you know, he could be genetically better as can, or he could be... What's There's his the, name? The, Gary Marshall? No, Gary Marshall's a director. Gary Marshall? 
What's the character? The character name from the pilot from when no one's gone before. I think it is Gary Marshall. Is it? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, someone who gets like godlike powers and comes back and tries right. to shit up. So. Although, uh, did you hear that Entertainment Weekly fucked up and uh, said that um, Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Khan? Really? Yeah. Where did they hear it? Uh, I, I can't remember where I read it, but it was. Um, I don't know whether I don't know whether they they fucked up or they got it wrong mm. or, or whether they got it right and they weren't supposed to say it. Uh, but um, Entertainment Weekly, like, because they. They got they did this big feature on the, on the new Star Trek, mm-hmm. and um, they credit they wrote that better to come back is playing Khan. Weird. Why did he put it on Star uh, Fleet uniform then? I don't know. I don't know. This maybe this is JJ Abrams' way of just fucking with people. Could be. Mm-hmm. And fucking mystery box. I that one more fucking time. And <laughs> the other trailer we saw was the Iron Man trailer. So you saw that as well. I saw that. I saw that. Looks kind of cool. We finally uh, find out what the fuck was going on and. Was it San Francisco? They shot all that shit in the bay with people yeah, dangling yeah, from yeah, wires. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you did you see the um, the pit with Robert Downey Jr. at the beginning? Oh yeah, the extended look. The extended I'll, look. I'll put a link up to this, but it's an extended look. The gag was weak, though. It, it should have been. It's an extended look from Iron Man, not of Iron Man. Yeah. Because the first thirty seconds of this video is just Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. looking at you. Yeah, it's an extended look. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> and then whipping his when he whips his glasses off, it's like. Ba-dum! It was, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, Robert Downey Jr. is very funny. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess as well, they're trying to play up that as because the trailer is again kind of darkish. It is. And they've, Kevin Feige and everyone else is coming to say it's not that dark, but they keep no. putting out trailers to make it look dark. No, I think what I, I think what it is is that it's they're never going to go dark night dark. No. But they're going to go dark by Marvel standards, dark. Yeah. In the sense that you know, it's, you know, characters will be tested, but mm. they will always have their sense of humor and wits about them. And how weird is it? Like we're on the third one now, and they're not really. I mean, they're not going near the demon in a bottle thing. It's it's great, like that. They've got other stories to tell, and, no, we've, got, I, and we've got an Avengers movie as well. They were so often you're like, what the fuck? No, but I think uh, they've made it very clear that they're not yeah. going to go. They're not going to go there because it's like, it's it's it's. You don't want to mess around with that shit. I think they're very clear about what they want to do cinematically, mm. what they can tackle in a film as opposed to what they can tackle over a, the course of a year or two in comics. Yeah. It's a very different sort of thing. So as as much as <coughs> as much as people like you and I would like to watch The Demon in the Bottle done properly. Eight-year-olds don't want to see an alcoholic yeah. like, uh, Tony Stark. That, that's exactly right. They don't want to go and watch their dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they can't put drunk Tony Stark on lunchboxes. Middle America just... <laughs> Passed out on the floor, Iron Man Seven. <laughs> we've we've lost the Burger King endorsement, uh, but uh, we have got Johnny Walker. But surprisingly, though, Coors. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought. I mean, I am very much excited to see Iron Man Three. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Iron Man Two, but I'm really excited to see what Shane Black does with this. Yeah. Uh, the last trailer that we'll mention was The Lone Ranger which again there's an extended version of this online again and this is a, a movie I just can't seem to give a shit about ah, it looks fun it looks like the first parts of the Caribbean movie more okay. so like this trailer shows a bit more of the humor and Johnny Depp is fucking mugging it up but it actually it's funny it is actually funny so I am actually looking forward to this now you are yeah well have fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll look forward to your review uh, fuck you uh, the other great and powerful trailer was a piece of shit it was just old shit before but it did want to Get us on to James Franco's Odd Jobs, another irregular section we should probably have. James Franco is just a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he's just doing all kinds of weird. Well, do you know shit. what he's doing now? Which one? Is this the porn? The- no, no. Now he's uh, he's going to be the person who calls out drivers start your engines at, at the Daytona 500 NASCAR. Really? Yeah. 
You know what? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I love James Frank. Yeah, yeah. He's so batshit insane. Yeah. That I mean, I just, I just. He's not acting in Spring Breakers. That's actually what he looks like when he's not acting. <laughs> I just. With the cornrows and the gold teeth. I just, I just love this guy's audacity to do everything. Yeah. It's like he doesn't give a fuck. You know what? I'm gonna do an art installation piece. And I'm gonna I'm gonna release a book of poetry. Yeah, the, the way that they. Uh... I'm gonna direct movies nobody wants to see. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do a documentary ab- uh, about about the gay community. I'm gonna present the Oscars that no one wants to see. That's right. I'm gonna and occasionally I'll do a really good performance to get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? You know. I know. I, I want to make. I want to make a movie about the lost scenes from William Friedkin's Cruising. Yeah. <laughs> what lost scenes? <laughs> exactly. I want to make a movie with. I want to make a movie with fucking Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson and Rachel Kareen in wearing nothing but two pieces. Yeah. You know. I want to dress up like Kevin Fertiline and shoot guns into the air. <laughs> The way, that, the way that the Hollywood Reporter put it, that he's, I love uh, James Franco. He's guest there at a daytime soap. Every opera. time I see James Franco, I just I, I hate Anne Hathaway just a little bit more. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> just because they hosted the Oscars together. Yeah, but he was, but he wasn't really there. She was the better host. Yeah, but for some reason, I just really like. I just. I, you cannot not respect this motherfucker. Yeah. Well, this is the Hollywood Reporter put it that he's just having guest starred at the daytime soap opera, hosted the Oscars, penned the monthly column for Playboy, received a degree from nearly half the universities in New York as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's another thing. You know, it's like, who is this? Mu- who is this guy? He's a fucking alien. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's Batman. That's it. He's Bruce Wayne. He really is Harry Osborn. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was funny though. No, no, that no. I, I know what you mean. Even I, like, every once in a while when I'll read shit about what he's doing, I'm like, Jesus, this guy's awesome. <laughs> he's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like a fox. What was next? Did you see Robert De Niro being interviewed on Katie Couric? No. This is really weird, because, you know, Robert De Niro is, you know... He's crazy. Yeah, but he's, he's kind of quiet crazy. He's getting senile. Yeah, because there was, a, for the Silver Linings playbook himself, Bradley Cooper and Russell... What's his name? David O. Russell. David O. Russell, yeah. David o. Russell does have... I think one of his children or something has bipolar, so they're talking about how close it was to their families and stuff. Hmm. And Katie asked again, what did you think of... How did you feel getting involved with the script that was so close to David O. Russell's... I mentioned much to him. And Robert De Niro broke down. He broke down. Yeah, he just kind of said, I know. He started kind of mumbling about, I have a feeling about how David feels, and then he just started crying. Oh, right. Yeah, it was really, really weird. I just watched it there. I'll put a blank up to it. It was just like, it's weird to see that from like, like Robert De Niro. Like, like weeping? or Yeah, he just like... <clears throat> oh, right. Shit. And he does that thing, which is like, you know, he's, he's done in movies where he waves his finger to like solidly. Yeah, mm-hmm. He starts doing that. It's just, it's very odd to watch Rob De Niro. Shit, man, Taxi Driver's getting old, you know, he's getting old, getting emotional and shit. It's like, did you see the trailer for Phil Spector? Oh, that's not, that's not Taxi Driver, that's not Pacino. I know, I know, but, but it's like, people like, talk about like, legends getting old and just going bug nuts insane, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Al Pacino now is just like, that entire, in that entire trailer, he's just yelling. Yeah. It's just yelling, and David Mamet's directing, right? And he's getting the camera really close, yeah. and it looks like Pacino. At one point, it looks like Pacino's eyeballs are gonna pop out of his face. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the Total Recall Mars scene, you know, <laughs> with the eyeballs where Ronnie Cox, where the eyeballs pop out. Uh, yeah. It actually looked like that. The wigs are amazing in that movie. I saw that trailer. Yeah. I, I need to put up a link to that as well, actually. That was crazy. It, it's it's so, um, Helen fucking what the fuck is on HBO? I know, but like, what the hell? 
Helen Mirren, Al Pacino, TV, what? No, no, but Al Pacino's been doing a lot of stuff on HBO. Really? You Don't Know Jack, Angels in America. He's been doing a lot of stuff. And they've all been good. Huh. You know, HBO, HBO original movies are awesome. Hmm. I mean, they're, they're, you're pretty much guaranteed, at the very least, an above-average film. Hmm. Have you seen You Don't Know Jack? No. You should watch that movie. What's it's that really one, good. It's about Jack Kevorkian, the Dr. Death. Oh, right. right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, John Goodman hmm. and Susan Sarandon. Excellent film. Yeah, but yeah. The, the, the big afro looks awesome on him. Have you yeah, seen yeah, that yeah, photo? Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks great. And also Angels in America. Have you seen that? Yeah, I watched that. Actually. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's, the, that's just weird. That's the AIDS thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Meryl Streep. No, that was... Uh, I, I, I love HBO programming. Yeah. It's, it's not TV. It's HBO. Hey. Sponsorship welcome. <laughs> well, talk, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just talk a little bit about this because I find it really funny. Remember a while ago we talked about there was going to be a remake of Annie? Yeah. And uh, that Will Smith was producing and that Jay-Z was doing the score? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, because uh, Will Smith, in addition to uh, being one of the biggest uh, movie stars on the planet, for quite some time now has been shoving his kids down our throat uh, for a while. It started with uh, In Pursuit of Happiness, where he co-starred with his son Jaden. He hooked up his son Jaden with a role in uh, the, the Day the Earth Stood Still. That was a bad decision. And then uh, they, he gave... Uh, the kid was fucking annoying in that movie. Yeah, he was fucking annoying in that movie. But um, through uh, Will Smith's production house, which is called uh, Overbrook Entertainment, also did... Also did uh, Hancock and a bunch of other movies. Um, when your son is famous in movies, yes. you can retire. Yes. Um, he also uh, hooked Jaden. He also hooked Jaden up with uh, a cool lead role in the remake of the Karate Kid, uh, which wasn't about karate. It was judo. Or yeah, it was or kung, kung fu. Kung fu. <laughs> and um, so he was going to do the same thing with his daughter Willow, who also has a successful um, singing career, uh, singing one of the most annoying songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Define successful. <laughs> Like chart success, <laughs> and um, so f- uh, last I think it was last year we reported that um, Will Smith was doing the exact same thing that he did with Karate Kid with uh, for his son. He was doing the same thing for his daughter with Annie, and that Willow Smith was uh, going to headline a remake of Annie, and the music, the score, uh, and the music for the film was going to be done by Jay Z. Uh, Jay Z is also doing the score for uh, The Great Gatsby. Oh, okay, yeah, and. Um, then Willow dropped out of it because I think she passed the, um, the, the, the right appropriate age necessary to do it. And so now the person that they're looking to replace her is... Uh, uh, Good look. Is uh, Quiven Shane Wallace. Was that, yeah. Quiven Shane Wallace, the, uh, the little girl from Beasts of the Southern Wild, which I haven't seen yet, but I really, really want to. It's good. I might, I might, no, this, I won't, this, I won't drop this, in a review this time. I'll watch it on the fly. This, I keep meaning to do it. That's not right. That's a, that's a treated photo. That's her in the Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah, I know, but this picture is fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like The Exorcist or some shit. Yeah, yeah I don't know what they do. Oh, because the, the cartoon Annie doesn't have eyeballs. Right, 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 right. I'll put a link up to this, but they basically took in a photo of her from the Beast of Southern Wild, colored her hair orange, and removed her eyeballs, which... <laughs> which looks like a cool... Looks like me usually on a Saturday morning. <laughs> looks, looks like a cool shot from a completely different film. It is. It's like, um, I talk to chickens. Yeah, no, she has this thing in the Beast of Southern Wild of picking up animals and listening to their heartbeats. That's a weird movie, and I was thinking of reviewing it today, but I want to review it again later because I need to think about it more. Um, it is a very odd movie. It's not... I couldn't... I don't know. Well, it's uh, it's it, it is pretty much this year's the little independent independent movie that could. Yeah. It's made a decent amount of money. It's nominated for best picture and best she's director. Nom- is she and nominated best for best actress? Yeah, right? she yeah. Is. So she's at what age? She she was seven or something like that when she was cast, and she was playing supposed to play an eight year old. She lied about it. It's crazy. Oh shit! I mean, it's a very 
it looks like you're just basically peeking in on these fucking water rednecks. <laughs> yeah. That's, it, it, it literally looks like you just put the camera in the corner while these idiots just went about their daily life, just being uneducated and living off the land and getting flooded and shit. But is it good? I, I, I don't know if I'd say it was good. I mean, it kind of goes to this magical realism shit that kind of pissed me off near the end. Also, on the flight I was on... The text gave it didn't give away a plot point. What, but is, what, what airline were you flying? Uh, Emirates. Do, do they censor shit in Emirates? No. Yeah, so. in Eva Air they don't censor stuff either. Mm. Yeah, the Chinese they like their fucking uncensored movies. Mm, touch screens. Um, <laughs> but it did say it, it said something at the beginning that threw me off because it it, it, uh, it pointed at a plot point that didn't actually happen. It's not actually in the movie. So I was like, when's this person gonna die? Oh, they don't die. Okay. Oh, they do die later. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. So either way. Uh, interesting movie but yeah it, seeing her in it I don't know she's a new Anna Paquin we'll see how long it takes before that gets annoying right uh, have you seen Dread yet? yes I have oh, did you like it? yeah I loved it yeah it's great huh? yeah, yeah I really really liked it well um, I'll put a link up to this as well uh, who is it called um, the props guys the prop store uh, Hollywood yes. prop store are having an auction from Dread oh right so for the princely sum of 1,505 British pounds, you can have a lawmaster bike. What is that? Is that like uh, that is the original hero lawmaster? Oh, hang on, wait. I think I think I think that's the that's the current bid. That's, the that's current not bid, that's yeah. not the final price. And there's three days left to go. So if you want to get in there with that, I mean, they're probably everyone's probably upping it by one to yeah. the last minute when last it starts minute. going up by like huge increments. But they have the full uh, original. They have the dread. Um, but I don't. But I don't want the dread uh, costume from this the, from the movie. I want the dread costume from that. Other, other Planet replicas. Planet replicas. Yeah, I know. Same here. I, not as much as I want that personalized judge badge. Yes. I want a judge yap badge. Because <laughs> the bitches love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll put up the link to this. So if you have money to, to burn and you really like that film, you can uh, buy. Um, you know, people's ID card. The belt does look cool. There's a Justice Department men's leather belt. It's 260 euro pounds at the moment. It's just the belt with the logo on it. But they just have all sorts of bits and pieces from there. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. No, I thought it was a really good film. Um, I was uh, upset that it didn't do better business. Yeah, I'm never although, guess. although it has been doing well uh, on DVD. Yeah, well, word of mouth for it was fantastic. So, I mean, hopefully make enough money to do... Well, we want the second one will be Song of the Surfer, and then the third one will be The Dark Judges. Probably, yeah. Well, the song of the surf would be hard. I mean, it's not a dread story. Just, just, just do the dark judges. Come yeah, on. that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, some other trailers. Did you see the trailer for Space Captain Harlock? No, I did not. Did you ever hear this no, kids no, no, show? No. Like no. When we, years ago, it's an old anime with like massive. It's one of those ones that popularized the whole massive hair and crazy thin people set in space. But there's a CGI trailer for this that looks kind of badass. Like they, the characters look like they're drawn in that an exaggerated cartoon style. But it's got spaceships with giant skull and crossbones flying through space, blowing the shit out of everything. It looks really badass. This one completely passed by me. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just kind of leaked out there a while ago. Had, had you version. heard about it before? I'd heard of Space Captain. I remember seeing it. There was Space Captain Harlock and Blackjack. I remember two I, things. I remember Captain Simeon's. And Captain Space Simeons. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's older than that. It's like 70s, I think, this right, uh, right, Captain right. Harlock. Um, but he's a pirate. I mean, there's that. And you ever hear Blackjack as well? Was another one where he's like he's a surgeon. And you look into anime. It's like you press your nose up against the glass and go too weird. Well, also, I mean, with anime, there's so fucking much. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's you know, you, you think you've got a grasp on anime, yeah. and then you then 
and then you, then you start like uh, digging a little deeper and you realize oh fuck I haven't even scratched the surface yeah it's crazy shit I mean even just to get through one anime title you gotta sit through like hundreds of episodes yeah I think I made it as far as episode 100 of Bleach and then I was like why am I watching this I, I made it through like episode, uh, made it through like the first 50 episodes of One Piece <laughs> and my brain literally shut down it was like, <laughs> Because everyone... <laughs> is that good? Anime in general is just, after a while... I mean, not all anime is like this, but a lot of it... The Japanese, dude, is just... Everything's played at level 10. Yeah. For so... You know, people... <laughs> you know, even like like in One Piece, everyone's screaming at each other. Yeah. You know... Bleach is the same. You know, and like, oh, what the... And after a while, you're just like, you feel it. You know, my throat starts to hurt. You know, it's like for this guy who's all these poor Japanese voice actors that are just burning out their throat boxes, just going absolutely bug shit insane. <laughs> but it's like even even watching it and like the fucking, you know, like even Trina's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> turn this off. Because <laughs> she laughs at me for this shit. Because you know, you can only you have to buy these box sets. Yeah, they're fucking huge, right? And the box sets like it's like hundred episodes, like. Just in just in this shit alone, and yeah. you're looking at this. Fuck, this is gonna take a while. Yeah. you know. And I think Bleach is still ongoing. Like, I mean, there's one it series is. So where it's One Piece. Yeah, I mean, they actually ran out. Of the, they got ahead of the manga, so they actually just inserted a whole series that like doesn't do anything, doesn't change anything. It basically at the beginning and end of the series, everyone's exactly the same point, yeah. so they continue the story of the manga. Yeah, I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. I I love anime. Yeah, you know when you. <laughs> It's 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 just so fucking it's just much. so fucking much, <laughs> and they're so crazy. Yeah, but uh, I'll send you the trailer because it's pretty cool looking. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, little bit of other news. Did you see the picture of Michael Douglas and Matt Damon in the Liberace pic? Yes, I did. It's I'm cool. I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it looks. I'll put a photo up. It looks pretty fucking goofy. It's uh, it's what the it's it's, it's Liberace and his lawyer or something, right? Isn't it? Yep, and um, it's quite possibly the last Sodom- Steven Sodenberg movie we're going to see for quite a long time. Mm. At least a couple of years. I think, yeah, there, I saw the headline at Collider about him talking about his post-retirement plans and what he was going to do, but I didn't read it. Oh, it's called Candle... What's it? Something... Candle- Be- behind behind the, the Candle... Candelabra. Candelabra, yeah. yeah. But, my, I mean, I want to see this because it's, it's a passion project mm. uh, for Michael Douglas and Steven Sodenberg, and the only, it was supposed to have been done a while ago, but Michael Douglas got cancer, mm. and, that, and so it was... Uh, it was in his plans. Yeah, yeah. So it was postponed for a while. Um, so I know that it's a role that he's wanted to play for a long time, and apparently he hits it out the park. And I and I've you know I think especially for for people our age, it's impossible to not be a Michael Douglas fan because mm. he's he was involved in some of the seminal you know pop culture movies of the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, I mean, like uh, just just going through his CV, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, you'd, you'd watch him read in the phone book. Yeah. So to see him, so to see him play a character like this, which he has never really tackled before, um, I, I'm very, very curious. Hmm. And I, and I really do like that that image of the two of them. They both look fucking gay as hell. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> he has got Liberace's kind of. Lean. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. And Matt Damon does look good with a Farrah Fawcett hairdo. Yep. Matt Damon, is there anything this fucker can do? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, then finishing off our news then. Did you see the trailer for Byzantium? I think no. this is a while ago. This is the new Neil Jordan vampire movie with Saoirse Ronan. I'll say it so you don't have Saoirse. It. I know how to say her name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Saoirse. And um, this has got Gemma Jim Atherton as her mom. Yeah. Vampire mom. No, I didn't see it. 
It looks kind of cool. I mean, it's very stylish. It is. Neil Jordan, right? Yeah, Neil Jordan's doing it. I was watching it going, where's Stephen Ray? He'll pop up somewhere. somewhere. It, he's not, I actually had a look. He's not in the credits. He'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> but it is, it looks like, uh, I mean, I, it's a mother-daughter thing. I'm not sure, if the, it's not clear whether Sister Ronan herself is a vampire. Right. But it's her mother getting caught up in things. and It just, it's not a very, it's not a plot trailer, it's a mood trailer, and it just looks kind of cool. Right. So definitely have a look check out of that. And finally, accordingly to Vulture, Kenneth Branagh is in talks to direct Cinderella. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why not? I don't know. It just, just this sounds like a bad idea. And they want to get Kate Blanchett as the wicked stepmother. That's a good idea, but no, nah, don't do it. Let someone else fuck this movie up, <laughs> dude. If, if if this movie doesn't do well, and you could say this about most movies that Kenneth Branagh directs, if any any if. If Jack Ryan doesn't do well, they're going to blame him. If Thor too, if Thor doesn't do well, they're going to blame him. We could have had this conversation a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Thor did well. Yes, you know, and I thought that he made a. I, I thought that uh, moving to Jack Ryan was a, was a was an interesting choice. Mm. You know, because it's a, it's another potential franchise, mm. and if that goes, it's already a franchise. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but you know, it's a potential new, new franchise. Yeah. Um, Reboot. But it's this this one this kind of thing. It's like I don't know. It just. I can't tell you why I think it's a bad idea. It just sounds... It just, to me, my instincts tell me it's a bad idea. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, I, could, I could be proven wrong. Because the thing is, with my, my interest in this sort of property is like, are you going to go dark? Mm. If you're not going to go dark, then fuck off. Mm. I have no interest in seeing a, um, a happy, bright Cinderella story. Uh, but, this, but the story of Cinderella in itself, uh, in itself is actually a very dark tale. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of fucked up. I mean, it's a happy... Endangered slavery. Yeah. <laughs> Funny Mice. It was originally supposed to be directed by Mark Romanek. Romanek, yeah, yeah. Who did um, Never, Never Let, Let Me, Me Go. Go and One Hour Photo. Now, I would watch his Cinderella. <laughs> Robin Williams as Cinderella. Yeah. Creepy and, Robin Williams. And Mark Romanek has, has a history of uh, getting involved in things and then bailing because creative differences. Mm. The last one he did this was Wolfman. Oh. He was supposed to direct Wolfman, and then he bailed because they weren't happy with his... They, they didn't like where he was taking it. Yeah. And then Joe Johnson took over, and even Joe Johnson, in later interviews, basically said, yeah, man, dude, just shoot from the hip. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was brought in halfway through. So if it's, if it's a similar... The movie's some balls. If it's a similar situation, then... Because my whole thing is, like, whenever I hear, Yo, you're taking over from who? Mark Romanek. Yeah. You're jumping on a sinking ship there, buddy. Have a look at that poison chalice. You know what I mean? So, and, and, I'm, and, I, and I think that uh, Branagh's on a bit of a roll right now. Mm. It'll be a shame if he fucks it up by jumping on a, on a ship that someone else had already started rowing and fucked it up. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, at least he's in talks I mean, anyway. I mean, at least with Jack Ryan, that movie was in development hell for a while, but that was more to do with the script. Mm. They, there was no director attached. So that's a slightly different story. no after for the villain, so they got a twofer. Yeah. Uh, but they originally approached him about uh, about playing the villain first. Was it? I thought yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. director first. No, no, they approached him about playing the villain first. He was mm. still in t- he was in talks with them to play the villain, and then after that he was uh, uh, they started talking they started talking to him about other things. And then after a while he's like, "Well, do you want to direct?" It? <laughs> <laughs> Which, but that again doesn't say that it doesn't say good things about the studio heads. Who are like. You're here. You're in the room. Do you want to do it? No, I mean, because like he was just talking to them about the villain, giving ideas and shit, and they were like, "Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great." Oh, you just directed uh, one of the. Uh, you just directed Thor. Didn't yeah. that movie do phenomenally well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Why are we wasting all this? Clearly, studio executive. Oh, that Kenneth Branagh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the commentary of his remake of Sleuth, and, oh. he, and he was uh, talking about how he actually was. Up, he went up to meet with David Lynch to audition for the Kyle MacLachlan role in Dune. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
And uh, and he said and he said oh, that would have been very different. And he said that uh, David Lynch, uh, in a very very smart decision, did not cast me, <laughs> but uh, he was very generous with his time and talked a lot about filmmaking. And I was very grateful just to meet him. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's why he's Sir Kenneth Branagh. Is he? No, he's not. He's, yeah, he yeah, is. He is officially Sir Kenneth Branagh. Take that, Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Who insists on being yeah, called Sir Ben Kingsley? What a cunt! You know, the <laughs> you know, Kenny won't. Kenny won't stand for that. Kenny doesn't take shit from no one. Ken, 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 Ken darling. <laughs> that was just his career in the nineties, darling. Everything, darling, darling, lovey, lovey. Yeah. If you would like to get in contact with us and fill this gaping hole in the middle of our podcast, you can reach us at podcast at That's podcast at mcgappenfries.com and on that, we shall move on to reviews. Exactly. Why don't you start with The Last Stand? I'll start with The Last Stand because it's the one I saw first. Uh, so The Last Stand is Arnold Schwarzenegger's return to the, so the screen after being um, governor of California. For eight years. For eight years, yeah. yeah. Um, so The Last Stand, I don't know, did you think it was his build as an Arnie movie or as an ensemble piece, first of all? Before you get into um, it was built as an Arnie movie. Yeah, because it's not an Arnie movie, it's an ensemble piece. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so the story is that there's this shit-hot Colombian drug dealer who's broken out of FBI custody um, from, um, what's his name? Uh, Forrest Whitaker's production. <laughs> Very memorable film. Yeah. <laughs> but and his, his plan is he's got he's to get across the Mexico border, and his plan is to get a Corvette Z01, which basically has a, a starring role in the movie, right. and just drive like a fucking maniac to the border uh, while the FBI and everybody's going to the border checkpoints there's a sleepy little town where you know who is the sheriff and mm-hmm. um, ably assisted by uh, Jamie Alexander who's um, Sif and Thor Sif and Thor and a couple of other people and oh and uh, Louise Guzman was in mm-hmm. as well and basically it's their sleepy sleepy town sheriffs and basically they're the only thing standing between this guy and the border yeah and so hence they got to make the last stand exactly now that was that was the pitch itself, the trailers and stuff like that. But there's a lot. This is actually just a decent little crime drama. Like, I mean, there's actually the build-up to get to that point takes most of the movie. All right. You know, the beginning you do get to spend a bit of time with Louise Guzman and uh, there's another sheriff, another sheriff's guy. I can't remember his name. Just fucking around because it's a quiet weekend. Ernie's on his day off and just going around town, interacting with people and like you know, feeling like a little town. Yeah. And hanging out with Johnny Knoxville, who's a gun nut and just yeah. a nut in general like he has this giant gun like he, his introduction is one of the other deputies is firing off his giant hand cannon and knocks him breaks his fucking nose with the, with the recoil <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah. and Johnny Knoxville is like oh only I can handle only I can handle the kick off old Betty so you know and Arnie just treats Johnny Knoxville like just disdain the whole way give me that gun before you hurt yourself and let me show you how to use it <laughs> So it just builds up slowly, and there's also Peter Stormer is the advance party for this drug dealer guy, mm-hmm. and it's more through his team that you kind of get the interaction with the cops because they actually, um, what's his name, the guy from Repo Man, and he's the security guard in Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton pops yeah. up for a little bit, right. and it's actually Peter Stormer is interaction. Harry Dean Stanton is just you know he's just getting popping up there every so often. He just elevates every little film that he's in, like the Avengers. He made that he made that movie. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's just through the interactions with, the, with that, that group. They're, you know, they, they know something's going out in the desert, and it slowly builds what that they figure out what's going on. And you know, as they do that, all the characters get a good whip, crack of the whip. Does lead up to the last stand. Having Johnny Knoxville, he has a permit for all these guns because technically he's a, a war museum. Right. 
technically. It's only open on Thursdays between 12 and, ba- and 1. And basically, he's the he's the only one there with a big enough arsenal to handle these guys. And so Arnold Exactly. It's like, you know, he's got the machine. He's like, well, technically, you know, legally can't fire this. But if you have and so pieces. Arnold deputizes him and then he fights along with him. We're yeah. not spoiling anything. All no. of this is in the trailer. There's a few more people deputized as well. Luis Guzman is Luis Guzman. He's great. Is, uh, the, is the Conan sword bit in there? The what? The Conan sword bit? No. Oh, so that was just the trailer? Oh, actually, yes. Uh, yeah, look, um, what's his name? Uh, Louis Guzman plays with the sword. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's in it. Yeah, I didn't, think, I didn't see that in the trailer, actually. And Johnny Knoxville looks hilarious running around in a body armor and a Conquistador's helmet. Right. Does, is, he, is, is he annoying in this film? No. I actually enjoyed it. His performance was kind of crazy, and he gets some nice pathosy kind of moments as well. Yeah. The gunfight gun, gun scenes are great. Um, Peter Stormer gets to chew on the scenery. I was a bit let down at the end because the whole point is these guys are building something to get across a chasm and the end fight it is satisfying in a way that they do play into the fact that this is a much younger man fighting a much older man who's also shaped like a fridge yeah in that <laughs> he, he you know his, he's using wrestling moves and like you know the guy might have Ernie in a headlock with his feet yeah from the ground and Ernie will just pick him up which right. is a nice, and then just, you know drop them on the floor. Some of that. So there's a lot of like Arnold's uh, kind of. It, it's nice to see that kind of actually and, and put I, that thought and into. And I hear it. there's also a few cool kills. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good kills in this, and there's a lot of humorous kills as well. It's it's a fun movie. Do they? The problem with the fight scene at the end is after being so real throughout. Oh, there's a great car chase car chase scene with two high performance cars in a cornfield. Yeah, I where heard they it, can't I heard fucking it. see each other. Yeah, yeah it's I almost like it. submarine, and they can't hear each other over the massive growling of their engines. Right, right, right. But that last scene on that bridge is on a bridge in a studio with a fucking wraparound CG. Right. And, and you can that, tell. You can tell. And I, I mean, the shots on the bridge, the fire is great, but shoot it on a real fucking bridge. That really annoyed me. Just really niggled at me. Because the rest of the movie is so... Even the, the, the vehicular... Oh, I forgot to mention the Fast and the Furious 6 trailer. The vehicular warfare scenes. <laughs> Fuck, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like all, even the, the car crashes all that kind of stuff everything's done really real so it kind of just that annoyed me at the end of it but but uh, one, one thing I noticed about the trailers is that there was, seems to be a lot of jokes about Arnold's age do they is that, they don't, is, no. that is that overdone no and I mean as I said it's an ensemble piece like he is the cop who used to be in the drugs you know group in LA the drugs cops in LA is whatever like that but that that scene where he goes through the diner is in it but after that there's not that much else to it right and um, how is Arnold he's good I mean I don't know where the was it uh, an Austrian named Ray Owens gets to be the sheriff of this Mexican town near Mexico, but he's pretty solid. Um, but it's not it's not like he's has to he's not carrying the film because it's not like he has to. Yeah, everyone else gets nice bits to do and nice little arcs and everything else. And you know, you actually Luis Guzman's involved involved in the gunfights and they all get involved in the gunfights. There's only the five of them. There's this other guy in the the prison who's. Um, uh, Gabriel, no, it's not Gabriel Cortez. It's uh, Mike Figueroa. No, that's not Mike Figueroa. Uh, there's another character anyway who's um, he's going to post he's a, a, a war vet yeah. who helps them out of it right um, but yeah it's just good to see good, good old fashioned shootout in the town so is it good to see Arnold back yeah I enjoyed it actually did it, did, it, did it deserve the bomb no I don't think it did but I mean the thing is it is a solid B movie action movie you know what I mean it's yeah. not um, Terminator it's not even Last Action Hero it is a story about a town and the people in it all right, cool. No, I, I'm actually. I mean, I, I've been looking forward to it for a while. I didn't no. manage to catch it, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward. I to would recommend going to see it. Just you know, keep. You don't. Ex- he's old. Yeah, but expect more of a kind of a an ensemble. Yeah, an ensemble piece. Okay. Should be good. All right. Um, I finally got to see Argo. 
which looks like it's probably going to win Best Picture because yeah. it's uh, Affleck's getting all the awards. This is this is crazy. I mean, this hasn't happened in a long time where uh, a, a director has been snubbed by the Academy but has won everything else. They're still uh, they're still they're still um, hurting over Phantoms. I mean, yeah, you're the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> And uh, games. But uh, this movie, more than anything, this is... I've never seen... It's I, ha, I don't think... Not since Robert Downey Jr. have I seen a career comeback really? like this. Is it McConaughey's? It's, 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 it's close. It's, it's close. It's, it's pretty nice. Well, I mean, Matthew McConaughey was never really... Matthew McConaughey has basically sort of reinvented himself. He yeah. hasn't... He has, stopped leaning on things and posters and doing yes. romantic comedies. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, his career was never really in trouble. Yeah. Whereas Ben Affleck, I think you could say his career was legitimate, legitimately in trouble. The Benefer years. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when, you make, when, you start, when you start making your comeback before you even hit 35, <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, this is a guy who did some truly horrible films. <laughs> Surviving Christmas, Man About Town, Surviving, oh, yeah. Gili, you know Pearl Harbor. He did one crap film after another, yeah. and and all the time you're watching him in interviews and thinking to yourself, this guy comes across really fucking intelligent. Yeah, what's going on? And cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I guess. And this guy managed to pull himself. This guy managed. Basically, he directed his way out of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with Gone Baby Gone, yeah. then The Town, and now with Argo, which is his most ambitious film. And it's not set in Boston. Yes. Um, this is about the uh, 1980 uh, uh, operation to rescue six fugitive American uh, diplomatic personnel out of Iran at the time when there was a huge fucked up revolution going on. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they stormed the embassy. Uh, the revolutionaries stormed the embassy uh, because uh, shit the, the pig dog, Yankee pig dog Americans yes well not just not just because of that but also because the Shah of Iran like um, America was harboring him oh yeah it's like he got cancer and then Americans took him in and gave him sanctuary and then they're like what the fuck this guy is this guy fuck shit up yeah. <laughs> and so that was wh- that was where a lot of the anger towards Americans came came from and then when they just stormed the embassy um, these six these six people who were working there they were like look this is the only part of the building where we actually have a, an exit that leads directly to the street. We can make a decision that we decide not to stay or we can just try and make a run for it. And they make a run for it and the Canadian embassy take them in. Mm. Um, What's going on, eh? <laughs> and then it gets back and then, then you know, cut to the CIA where uh, Tony Mendez is brought in basically just to advise. Yeah. Uh, because... Um, so he's like an extraction specialist. Yes, oh, yes. Got a weird title, right? Yeah, he's an, he's an extraction specialist. And they want him there basically because state's going to handle it. And... Um, and when and when Tony when Tony Mendes hears this, state what the Department of State is it? Yeah, oh. like, and Tony Mendes hears this and like, what? What are they gonna? You know, they don't they don't they don't do this shit. Yeah. It's like, so why are they calling me? Oh, just so they can say they ran it by their best extraction person. Uh, and and the crazy plan that's cooked up because they have all kind of like the idea that they come up with is like the what we need are bicycles, and we're gonna give them bicycles because. There's no way, you know, like, uh, <laughs> there's no way you can get a car through there. Yeah. So their plan, the, the initial plan was, like, get these guys bicycles and let them cycle out. Give them maps and yeah, let yeah. them cycle out. Pack, and, them, pack them a nice lunch. Yeah. And uh, that line is in the trailer. And that's where, uh, to- and then t- Tony Mendez says, or oh, you can just, you know, g- give them training wheels and you know, meet them at the border with Gatorade. You yeah. know, the, all, these lines are, <laughs> all these lines are in the trailer. Yeah. And it's, and then that's when Tony Mendez explains, like, look, I've done this before. It's... 
you know it, you're going to need a lot more and these people need identities and all that mm-hmm. kind of shit and so the, the initial the initial uh, things the initial sort of uh, suggestions that have popped up is like well what are their teachers so they can be a teacher for the, for the international school and like Tony Mann is like that's a great idea but that school's been closed for months yeah. <coughs> and then they're thinking they're just trying to come up with po- uh, potential identities for these people to have and um Tony Mendes is an absentee father and he's got there's this whole subplot where he's on the phone with his son and then the son's like you know what are you watching oh Battle for the Planet of the Apes and he's as he's watching it and he's looking at the Planet of the Apes and he's looking at the the, the landscape of Planet of the Apes and then you know, ding mm-hmm. it just so happens that he's good friends with John Chambers the guy who did the makeup for Planet of the Apes and uh, we, we find out through the movie that he's worked with the CIA quite a bit before in the past helping them out with prosthetics and all that kind of shit mm. um, and then so he contacts John Chambers played by John Goodman and that's, and that's when they have the ideas like we go in there as a film crew we get them out that way yeah. and so that's when uh, Ben Affleck goes to Hollywood uh, find, uh, talks to John Goodman and John Goodman is like you cannot just simply you, no, movie get, no movie that doesn't exist gets greenlit you, there, there are certain steps you gotta there go are certain through. steps you gotta go through it's like you need a script you need a director you need a producer and that's where Alan Arkin gets involved in it um, and they cook up this crazy ass plan yeah um, to get these guys out and this is based on a true story it actually happened um, it's crazy uh, <laughs> now uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the story I mean I think that's enough and also this movie has gotten so much press yeah. that uh, I don't really need to talk about the story you know what this movie's about who's Scoot McNary Scoot McNary <laughs> he's the lead from uh, Monsters oh right yeah how's it going Scoot He's good in this. Yeah. Actually, I mean... The cast is across the way. The, the, ca- the cast across the board, acting is awesome. Excellent. Um, ben Affleck, in many ways, Ben Affleck has the most unshowy role. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, and, and I remember uh, watching an interview with Ben Affleck where he was saying, like, I got to hang out with Tony Mendez, and I was really looking forward to meeting this guy. I was thinking, oh, what kind of ticks can I pick up? And Tony Mendez is the most unassuming... You know, he just blends in. That's his yeah, job, is to exactly. just blend in. And Ben Affleck was like... Saying like I was initially kind of disappointed, yeah, because like fuck, I got nothing. He's giving me nothing here, to, and then and that's exactly how Ben Affleck plays it. He plays it like you're not supposed to notice this guy, just some dude, yeah. And um, that's and it's kind of admirable. It's a very unshowy performance. Everyone else gets to chew the scenery pretty much except him. Cool. So that that's a, it's a very generous performance in that regard. The dialogue is awesome. Mm-hmm. The script by Chris Terrio, really really good stuff. There's some real fucking zingers. Uh, like uh, Alan Arkin gets all the best lines. Excellent. Um, Alan Arkin and Brian Cranston get all the best lines. My my favorite line actually belongs to Brian Cranston is because when when the Hollywood option becomes really their best idea, the line from the trailer, "This is the best bad idea we have, sir, by far." When they go in to talk to those two guys, which is uh, Bob Gun- Bob Gunton and um, Philip Baker Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this movie is just wall to wall with character actors you love. Excellent. Um, you know, Rory Cochran, uh, fucking uh, Claire Duvall, Tate Donovan, uh, Victor Garber, John, John Goodman, I mean, Kyle Chandler, just amazing character actors. And when, they, when they're going, when, Philip Bick, when, when uh, Ben Affleck and Brian Cranston are waiting, and uh, Philip Baker Hall and uh, Bob Gunton walk in there, <laughs> Brian Cranston goes, in, goes up to Ben Affleck and like, it's like, careful with these two guys. It's like talking to those two old fucks from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just and that's just a that's just great. A, it's a great line. Yeah, it's a great fucking line. Brian Cranston's in everything these days. I know, and like and just like Alan Arkin when they're going through scripts when they're trying to decide what the movie's going to be and like John Goodman's like what what about this? And Alan Arkin looks at it. It's a western. 
I don't do well. I, it's, a, it's a goddamn Western. Westerns, nobody watches Westerns. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not a Western. It's an ancient Roman. If it's got horses in it, it's a Western. <laughs> it's like, it's, this movie doesn't even exist. It's, it's, what, what do we give a shit? It's a fake movie. Look, if I'm going to produce a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of a lot of these a lot of these lines in there that's very very funny. Cool. Um, there's this interesting balancing act of because the first the first uh, the first act of the film is the the storming of the embassy and the escape mm-hmm. and the plan. The second act of the film is the Hollywood section, and the third act is executing the plan. executing the plan. And so it's a very it's a Ben Affleck deserves I mean he deserves to, uh, accommodation for balancing all of that. Mm-hmm. They ne- it never feels forced. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that struck me about it that I really liked and kind of like thinking back to Gone Baby Gone and the town is that what what I really like about Ben Affleck as a director is that he's smart enough to let the story tell itself mm. he doesn't try to be clever with you know like uh, he's ne- you know how some directors like you know <coughs> Tim Burton um, are a lot more preoccupied with making sure you know they directed it uh-huh. And, and you know, like, and sometimes that gets in the way of the storytelling. And we got more of white face paint and some more black and white stripy socks. Yeah, exactly. You know, whereas, you know, and so in, in many ways, like Ben Affleck is a very unshowy director. Mm. His main thing from the three films he's directed, from what I can tell, is that his main prerogative is like just make sure it's real. Mm. Just make sure, just make sure it's realistic, and that we try and make it as real as possible. And the best Boston accents money can buy. Yes. Um, is there anyone with a Boston accent in this? No. no. <laughs> whereas. We're, and, and, and just going through like the, the three films he's directed is like yeah, it just kind of dawned on me it's like he's a very un, there's, there's no flash there, mm. there's no like uh, he's very unflashy very unshowy uh, he just he knows he's got a good script and he has enough faith in the script and the, and the act he, the, act, the story to carry it yeah and that's and that's something that's kind of admirable these days because nowadays a lot of directors are so hell bent on making you making you know like oh by the way I directed this, you know. Whereas this one, it's like you can see how much he loves the script. You can see how in love he is with his cast, mm-hmm. and he lets that carry the, the the thing through. When you watch Argo, it's it you know it's 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 not workmanlike. Mm. It is very competent filmmaking. Yeah, it's very solid filmmaking. But there's nothing about it that makes you go, oh shit, that's a. That, that's a Ben Affleck shot, yeah. you know, or like uh, that, you know, as opposed to when you're watching something by Tim Burton where it's like you're being hit over the head. The minute the Warner Brothers sign pops up, you're like, fuck, it's a Tim Burton. And the, and the uh, Danny Elfman theme kicks in. Yeah, you know, and same thing even with Scorsese a little bit is mm-hmm. like, but then again, Scorsese's earned it. Yeah. You know, but if you go back and watch Scors- Scorsese's old stuff, he too had a very similar style. It's like yeah. just make it real, make it gritty, you know, and so that's, and hopefully as Ben Affleck grows as a director, He'll continue to do that. He will have his signature <coughs> style. Right now, his signature style is keep it real. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, he doesn't try to be clever with shit because he realizes the script is already clever. And that's something that I found quite admirable about the film. Cool. Best movie? Best film? You know, I haven't seen all of the best movie. Uh, um, it, it sure is fuck better than Les Mis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it better than um, Is it better than Zero Dark Thirty or better than Lincoln? I don't know. I haven't seen those movies. Yeah. But... Um, Regardless of whether it wins Best Picture or not, Ben Affleck deserves all of the kudos he's getting for just pulling himself out of the gutter the way that he has. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the film. Um, it's you know even though you know they escape, you're still I'm still biting my nails at the end of the film. Yeah. You know it's like oh, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> I have heard that the ending of the movie divulges like, there's some things in there that, that break away from the real story, but the more unbelievable parts are the real bits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, like the, there's I mean. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not giving it this away. It's in the trailer. It's like uh, where you know where they realize that um, they've let these people get on the plane and they are chasing the plane. Oh, really? But that didn't happen. Oh, okay. You know, but but then again, it's not like they. You know, it's it works. Yeah. Within the context of the film, it works. It would be kind of uh, it, it would almost like from a, from a movie going point of view, anticlimactic. It would, it would it almost be yeah. It would almost be anticlimactic yeah. if it didn't if they didn't have that. So I got no issues. You need a little bit of someone running after them going. Hey! Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we've got to Marley, the final review for this week. Uh, John McClane is back in A Good Day to Die Hard. So, yeah, this would have been great if we'd seen both of them. We could do all the Planet Hollywood movies. But, um, so, A Good Day to Die Hard, in it, um, Bruce Willis is back. So is Mary Elizabeth Winsome. Um, she drops him off the airport. Winston. Winsome. She is Winsome. <laughs> um, having only actually watched Die Hard 4.0 this week... As a lead up to watching uh, Good Day to Die Hard, I actually didn't mind Die Hard 4.0. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't watch it for all, all those years. I really don't know why. I just had a thing against it, and I thought it was a fun action film. Yeah, um, and at the time when it came out, it was a the kind of action film you hadn't seen in a while. Mm. You know, I, I, it has a big feel to it, which I'll get to the problem with Good Day to Die Hard. But first of all, the plot: so John finds out where his son is. So uh, the son, I think, was in Die Hard Two, right? When they break into the house, but they don't really mention him in any of the ones. Die Hard One, yeah. Uh, with the, the when what's his name? Peck from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, Peck. Peck. Yeah, I'll always be Peck. Yeah. So essentially, he finds us out. His son is in Russia on a murder charge, mm-hmm. and so he flies over to kind of do what? Who knows? We get a very quick, unfunny scene with a taxi driver, mm-hmm. and then all hell breaks loose at the courthouse. So his son is prisoners also with this political prisoner, Kamarov. Mm-hmm. And I have seen some synopses which give away what the point is. It's like he's not, you know, his, his son isn't, a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a criminal. Mm-hmm. There is something going on behind it. Right. Um, but it gets Bruce Willis gets McLean involved in that plotline in a really shitty way. Like looking back at four and the other movies, you know. It's organic the way it happens. The first one, he's just there. The second one, it's like, how unlucky can you be? The third one, it's Simon's going for him yeah. in particular. Yeah. The fourth one, he's just picking up the kid. Yeah. In this one, he meets his son, and they just scream at each other. And he's like, what? McLean? Like, his son calls him McLean, and he's, John! And they just scream at each other for a bit, and then the son drives off, or Jack, sorry. The son drives off, McLean jacks a car and goes after him. And then we have a long... A car chase where you don't know what the fuck's going on who's involved and why this is happening right. and the bad guys are driving a mobile fortress that Bruce takes down with a jeep after we've just spent 10 minutes seeing this mobile fortress destroy everything in its path in Russia yeah it's just that it is the, the, the plot goes on from there it has the usual tropes of it looks like it's the bad guys are after one thing but they're actually after another that seems to be the biggest trope in the Die Hard movies there's always like it's like you know the terrorists but they're not actually terrorists they're just robbers or whatever you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, that's yeah. always the kind of thing in the background yeah. at um, the end of the day they're just they're just common they're just, just common, common thieves common thieves yeah. common crook thief you're just a common thief yeah. I'm an exceptional thief exceptional thief and since I'm moving up to kidnapping I think you should be a little, a little bit more polite yeah. <laughs> and looking at four again um, thinking back to the other ones as well one thing that gets you is that the bad guys aren't very good in this Looking at four, even the henchman, uh, Len Wiseman, I, I was listening to pod, you know, Kevin Smith puts me to sleep on podcasts, and he was talking about being in Die Hard 4 and having so much fun with Bruce Willis on that, and Len Wiseman was run ragged by Bruce on that, apparently. Okay. And then, you know, Kevin Smith's talked a lot about what happened on Cop Out, where Bruce would just turn up and say, I don't, how about we do the same, why don't we do any dialogue? <laughs> and that's, 
that kind of colored what I was saying because there's no there's no quips in this movie. There's no quips. No, there's no real quips. It's not that there's no laughs. Like I mean, the laughs in a diehard movie are like I usually like you're laughing at the situation John's in, but he does say a few little things. They get the yippie ki line in there, but it's like, uh. mm-hmm. uh, the bad guys are completely useless. Even in four, there's the parkour guy. There's the guy in the server room who sits there the whole fucking time with the beard. Yeah, but yeah. like he's got a look. Yeah. Um, in the first one, even established that with Carol and his brother, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell who these people are. Yeah. At the end of this, at this movie, they actually go the video game route with guys in ski masks. Right. There's like a couple of henchmen who are just like fuck them, you know, nothing, and there's no. And, who, and who's the fucking chick who? Uh, who... <sighs> I don't care. <laughs> she's like, she's just weird. everyone. They're just all weird Russians, or they're all weird Eastern Europeans. And then, I mean, I would prefer. I would have actually preferred if they hired an English actor and gone to do a dodgy accent. Right. Um, the bad guys as a whole, I can't say who they are because there's, there's a little bit of switching going on there. The chick is like whatever. There's nothing there. There's another guy. Um, what's his name? He's uh, Radovich Bukic. He plays Alec, who's one of the kind. Of, he's your only hope for a henchman, and he's just shit. Like there's a bit where he's dancing and joking with the two of them and with the, with uh, McLean and his son, and it just it, nothing happens. There's someone he makes some quips in the car chase I was talking about earlier where. They just don't make sense from an English perspective. In English, right. they're just terrible. Um, the interaction between the two McLeans is okay, uh-huh. but again, there's no sparkle there. There's no witty banter. For most of it, they're just screaming each other's names at each other, and then for the after, once they stop doing that, they start screaming questions at each other that don't get answered. Like the son just ignores his dad for most of it at the beginning. He's like, "God damn it, McLean!" And just kind of that's it. He's like, "What's going on, John? What's going on, Jack? What's going on?" No fucking answer. The audience is going, what's going on? Why are we watching these people shouting at each other? Um, as it goes on from there, the set pieces for an action movie, like for a diehard movie, the set pieces are great usually, but in this is just like, there's two set pieces with helicopters. That's just showing a chronic lack of, I mean, there's those cool, bulbous looking Russian helicopters, but that kind of, at two points, like they're running away from machine gun fire coming in through the windows. Right. Or coming in from the, a 90 degree angle to the way they're running, which right. is a chronic lack of imagination, I would consider. Overall, it's just it is the worst Die Hard movie. Shit. Yeah, uh, it's just there's nothing in it that makes it look like a Die Hard movie. Watching four again, there's so much more style and bits I mean, and pieces. There seems to be a four that like I'm watching it again because it's fresh in my mind. Like you know, the smashing through glass. There's a bit where he kills a guy on the stairs, which is almost it looks a little bit like the stairs from the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bits and pieces like that. There's just more dialogue in, in four. The, no. the, the, the interaction with just the long is just way nicer and way more enjoyable. No, I mean I'm a I'm a diehard four apologist because yeah. I do know some people have issues with it, but I actually enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was a I thought it was a very fun film. I did, and it's also it's a big scale. You've got fucking the world. You know, yeah. the, the USA is coming to a close, and this is like if we don't stop this bad this guy, something's going something bad will happen. But it's just a vague badness. It's like there's no threat. There's no real threat to the US. I mean, there's kind of a, a threat that will like. He'll do something that will make you know terrorists be able to do something, but even that's not really outlined. Right. And it's like this is weak sauce, man. Yeah. And having McLean in Russia, where he doesn't speak the language, they just remove all clashes with authority figures, which is part of it as well. McLean yeah, 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 yeah. telling some you pencil neck fucker and yeah, walking yeah, off yeah. and doing it his own way, or sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong, and none of that kind of happens. And no one really pays it. There's no one really pays much attention to the fact that Bruce Willis just trashed fucking half a city block worth of cars. <sighs> so yeah definitely a disappointment um, they've said that maybe they might do 6 but I don't know I mean personally I think they were lucky that 4 was as good as it was mm. you know what I mean because come on <laughs> how could this happen to the same guy 4 times you know what I mean it's like for fuck's sake yeah but yeah disappointment overall um, oh, that's a shame yeah 
I was kind of trying to look, trying to find a way to look forward to it because mm. you know, I mean, it's John McClane. Yeah, but yeah, as I predicted. I mean, it just feels it just feels like a like a B movie, not even B movie. I mean, the, the Last Stand is better. It's actually a better film. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah. All right then. So yeah, we will. Leave I'll, it. I'll probably still see it. Yeah, because it's John McClane, yo. Yo. Be interested uh, to hear what you guys think. Uh, okay, well, as per usual, we shall wrap up with the uh, box office results from Malaysia and the U.S. At number ten in Malaysia, The Last Stand. At number nine, Kedal. Yep. Number eight, The Impossible. I want to see this actually. Number seven, Mama. I want to see that. Number six, Parker. I'm not sure if I want to see that. Number five, Juvana. Number four, Taxi Taxi. Number three, Wawa Semput. Number two, Boat to the Head. Number one, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. I hear this is crap. Yeah, but I it might be on the. It might, I'm probably going. Well, no, actually not. But I'm probably going to go see it with the Jamie Dodger at some point because you know she likes Van Helsing. <laughs> okay, then. and it looks a little bit better than Van Helsing. <laughs> and the U.S. number ten, Lincoln. Number eight, Les Miserables. Number nine, Django Unchained. Number seven, Parker. Number six, Bullet to the Head. Number five, Zero Dark Thirty. Number four, Mama. Every time people I see people referring to Zero Dark Thirty, they keep acronizing acronymizing it to ZDT. Yeah, yeah. wasn't ZDT the like uh, the group that were the bad guys in the first series of Fringe? Were they the German group that had like you know they were yeah, using yeah, Walter's yeah, yeah, things? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> number three, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, number two, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Number one, Warm Bodies. Hearing good things about Warm Bodies. I'm looking forward to seeing that. All right, we will leave you there for the foreseeable future, and we'll be back when we're back, which will be. After the first week of March. So until then, enjoy. Thanks for listening. Bye.